to curb population growth seems a reasonable campaign to enact. She then asks, would you be courageous enough to discuss this issue and make it a key feature of a plan to address climate catastrophe? Regardless, the Lord designed this world to be lived in. And when he said be fruitful and multiply, that's exactly what he meant. There is no such thing as the world is getting overpopulated or overcrowded. The world was designed to hold uh, the life. If anything that's causing the climate change, it's not the fact that there are people here, because that's what the Lord intended it for. It's people who are exploding nuclear bombs in the atmosphere, people who are doing things that are contrary to common sense. Anything is changing the climate. You know, you can blame the United States and North Korea, people who are going into the earth and fracking the earth's uh, crust under the sea, trying to seek out oil. If anything is changing the climate or the conditions of the world for the worse, it's man doing all these types of experiments, blowing the tops off of mountains in order to get at coal. That's what's causing all these uh, disasters. It's not that people are having families. Yeah, someone keeps telling me, yeah, they should stop shooting up rockets into the sky. Right. Because you don't know what you're doing, what you're, yeah. and all that debris eventually coming down. Right. And, and satellites and that are, <laughs> are going, falling out of orbit. I think that's what's causing it. You had North Korea firing nuclear bombs. The United States has tested their nuclear weapons. That's what's causing all these disasters. But let me, let me read the rest of this article because I find this very, I'm going to put it politely humorous, because it has nothing to do, well, you make your opinion, you form your opinion for yourself. It says, the answer is yes, Sanders responded. And the answer has everything to do with the fact that women in the United States of America, by the way, have a right to control their own bodies. And the Mexico City Agreement, which denies American aid to those organizations around the world that allows women to have abortions or get involved in birth control, to me, is totally absurd. Absurd. So I think especially in poor countries around the world, he continued, where women do not necessarily want to have large numbers of babies and where they can have the opportunity through birth control to control the number of kids they have is something I very, very strongly support. The Mexico City policy prevents international family planning organizations from receiving federal money unless they pledge not to perform or counsel for abortions. Now, he's running for president of the United States. Now, am I missing something? He's saying, he's saying poor countries the around the world. The United States has contributed to the economy of so many other countries. You know, so many countries who are you know, struggling third world countries, and he's saying that they put a restriction on their, uh, I guess, their support when it comes to performing abortions. And I'm thinking if the United States put restrictions on foreign countries, they should put restrictions on themselves too, because they don't need to be taking human life. They're, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Right. I mean, what are we to tell another country what to do with their what, people? That's what happens when people give you money, they feel they own you. Uh, that's why the Lord said the giver is more blessed than the person who receives it. You know? So I'm thinking that Sanders, this idea that human life is so
people are so undeserving. You know, that they, they, they don't have a right to reproduce. <laughs> Carol Tobias, president of the National Right to Life, tweeted, keeping control of population growth should occur in developing should occur in developing countries, thus targeting babies because they are poor. Right. Exactly. Which is makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And the fact that the Lord designed the world to hold and when you think about the fact that I would say almost the entire world population on the face of this planet exists in Asia, between India and China, I would say they hold two-thirds of the world population just in those two areas uh, uh, in that continent alone. Yeah. I, it's, it's just mind-boggling. And then uh, Lila Rose, the founder and president of Live Action, also criticized Sanders she said, what do women in poor countries around the world need according to Bernie Sanders? Not health care, clean water, not education, infrastructure, or jobs. Rose wrote, send them birth control and abortion right. because their children are the problem, right. not poverty. Yeah. Leftist elitism is disgusting. It is. It absolutely is. I guess Trump was right and saying, you ain't got no choice but to vote for me, huh? <laughs> Anyway, he goes on to say, 
I don't want to hurt my friends whom I love, who believe things I don't believe anymore. And I will tell you now something that is going to shock you. I think it's an offense to the Lord. It's an offense to say, give a thousand dollars. I think it's an offense to the Holy Spirit. I'm done with it. I think that hurts the gospel. So I'm making this statement for the first time in my life, and frankly, I don't care what people think about me anymore. Well, I don't think it's a sin to say give a thousand dollars. I think it's a sin when a person teaches, if you give a thousand dollars, then you can expect the Lord to triple your investment. You know, if you give a thousand, then expect the Lord to bless you with ten thousand. That's what it's saying. invite me to telethons, I think they will not like me anymore. If I hear one more time, break the back of debt with a thousand dollars, I'm going to rebuke them, Kim said. I think that's buying the gospel, that's buying the blessing, that's grieving the Holy Spirit. If you are not giving because you love, if you are not giving because you love Jesus, don't bother giving. Giving has become such a gimmick, it's making me sick to my stomach. It has, it Change since they introduced the prosperity uh, doctrine. That's what churches are actually preaching. That's what we've been saying for years. That the Lord tells us first to seek the kingdom of God first above all, and then all these things will be added. To to preach that if you give a certain amount of money, then the Lord in return will. It's almost like a Christian investment. You get a return. You get something that's uh, compounded interest. That is a grief to the Holy Spirit because. That's serving marriage. That's selling out to uh, the riches of this world. Mm-hmm. So he said, I, I, I love Dan. He, he rebuked his, or he corrected his friend, Pastor Dan Willis. He said, I love Dan. I, I, I said, don't you dare preach that message again. I don't want to get to heaven and be rebuked. He said, I think it's time we say it like it is. Gospel is not for sale. The blessings of God are not for sale. And miracles are not for sale. And prosperity is not for sale. And then another thing, if you get desperate, and if a person is compromised, they would rather do that. They would rather give a thousand dollars than to humble themselves and confess to the Lord and repent. Then they would rather give their money than to go before God. Make it easy. Yeah, and make it make it appealing to the flesh rather than to open up and say, Lord, I have sinned. But you know, this isn't a new thing. And, and so when I was looking this up, I found an article from January of this year, and Joyce Meyer admitted that what she thought about prosperity and faith, it got out of balance. So she posted a video on Instagram, where she, and this is back in January, where she admitted that she had gotten some of it wrong in regard to the prosperity gospel and faith. And according to Rele- Relevant Magazine, the preacher who many a prosperity gospel teacher said in the video of her sermon it wasn't like on her stage where she's teaching everybody this was on Instagram um, what she learned about faith and prosperity got out of control I'm glad for what I learned about prosperity but it got out of balance I'm glad for what I learned about faith but it got out of balance and she continued, so every time someone had a problem in their life, it was because they didn't have enough faith. If you got sick, you didn't have enough faith. If your child died, you didn't have enough faith. Well, that's not right, she said. And she went on to note that the Bible does not compromise Christians, that they 
will have it easy in life. She argued that I don't care how much faith you've got, you're not going to avoid ever having trouble in your life. Jesus said, in the world there will be tribulation. Cheer up, I have overcome the world, she added. And I was thinking too, like, when they were saying, like, sow your seed, I was thinking, the seed is not money, the seed is the word of God. Right. And so they, they you know, they frustrate the, the word of God. But, you know, she focused more on faith as opposed to uh, prosperity. But, but her focus was, was off in the sense that to teach a person that if you ask the Lord and it doesn't come to pass, it's because you lose your faith, like I've always no, said. No, I don't think she said yes, that. Yes, Did I was. say that? Well, that's what she was teaching. She, was, she felt like if this child is sick, it's because you don't have enough faith. If you don't have this and you ask the Lord, it's because you don't have enough faith. And what she's come to realize with a lot of people is not simply because the Lord says you're going to have tribulation in the world, because he told us we're going to have trial and tribulation. What she still has to realize, just to one step further, is that it's not so much that saints don't have the faith, they have to know what's in God's will. And once she comes to that point, that's the point that she, because we all going to have trials and tests and tribulation, because God said, as long as we live saved, as long as we're holy, we're going to have trials and tests because we stand for something, and we're going to come come up against the enemy. But what you have to realize when we ask the Lord for something, we also have to say, Lord, nonetheless, not my will, but your will. And then you have to ask God, what is your will concerning this? All right, moving on. So, you know, we talked about on the program a while ago about Kanye West and how they have a church. Um, who's his wife? Um, Kim Kardashian. And they have this special church. Oh, they call it the Sunday service. And then you have to, uh, right, his Sundays, he takes his Sunday service to a real church. And so this happened in mid-August, and he decided to bring his Sunday service to the people. And for performance, Yeezy teamed up with the California Worship Center to share his talents with the congregation. According to TMZ, Kanye's Sunday service occupied the local middle school where members of the California Worship Center meet from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And during this time, Kanye brought the celebrities that frequent his Calabash sessions into the gymnasium so they could experience his performance alongside the church's members. Sources tell TMZ Kanye brought both a choir and a marching band with him. Together, they blended several records into gospel hymns, including Fred Hammond's This Is A Day, The Watch, The Throne Cut, Lift Off, Snoop's Drop It Like It's Hot, and Ty Tribbett's Lift Him Up. It's unclear how this Kanye's collaboration with the California Worship Center came to fruition. As a result, it hasn't been disclosed if this will be the new home of Sunday service or if Jesus will be taking his church on the road. Yeah, so um, that church that he went to, that's uh, uh, the, the duo Mary Mary's uh, church. It's one of the, uh, the sisters, I think, Erica and her husband's church. Uh, they operate out of uh, Los Angeles, so he came to their church to do his little Sunday service thing and 
Like he said, you can see it like on Instagram and how he be on stage, you know, um, you know, uh, taking you know samples of songs or or doing you know remakes of secular songs and trying to turn them into gospel songs and just doing just just doing that and then he's taking it all over. He's taking it all over the the world and he's gonna be. In Chicago, he's gonna be doing that, taking his Sunday service to Chicago. I heard so. Hmm. So Snoop's song, "Drop It Like It's Hot," is a secular song. Huh? Yeah, that's a, that's a secular song. <laughs> that's, that's and they try gospelize it. And, and watch the throne. Yeah, that's what him and uh, Jay Z they had an album together, and they. So that's a trying, secular song? Yeah, he's doing a song. Everybody has to forgive me because I don't know this stuff. <laughs> and lift off. That's a secular song. But you see, the thing about it is, what what people of the world, what they fail to realize, is that there's ministry in, in music. There's God's favor. And just because people like a song, that's not what's important. It's whether or not the Lord likes the song. Whether or not the Lord hears it and favors it so much so that he blesses that song and the anointing of the Lord comes through that song because it's a ministry in singing. Okay, what do, what do you think? Remember years and years back, there was, with Whoopi Goldberg, there was a sister act mm -hmm. and they took the song, My Girl, and they turned it into oh, My God. God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think a song that was dedicated to the world and the person tries to take that and refurbish it and then uh, remix it and say now it's a gospel song, I think people identify with it, but I don't know whether or not the Lord anointing falls on it. I have never seen it done. I'm not saying that it couldn't be, but I've never seen it happen. So he's saying, so you believe that's like offering up a dog's neck, huh? Well, not exactly a dog's neck, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he said about the sacrifice of offering right. up a dog's but I, neck. But I, but I don't think that something that was meant for the world, and people just because they like the melody and the beat, just like the song, uh, I think it was Phil Collins, I think. I want to know what love is. I don't know if I have the right I name. I think it was name was Foreigner. 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 Okay, I want to know what love is. And so the... the, the some churches like the song so that they brought it into the choir. But what do you mean? I want to know what love is. I know you can show me. So they're talking about the Lord, you know. But the fact that when you are saved, you know what love is. So if, if you're singing, trying to sing it from the from the point of view of the sinner, maybe you are. But the point is because it was written by somebody who's not saved. That that message. I want to know what love is. It resonates to that song, and I don't believe the Lord gets the glory that people say he should receive. I don't think it's, he doesn't get it because it was not intended for him. Mm -hmm. you know, it was intended in a worldly fashion, no matter how you try to dress it up. You know, I, there are many, some Marvin Gaye songs, uh, the last night songs, they have taken those songs and they, they try to uh, reinvent them. But I have yet to see when any song has been reinvented from a worldly song where it's just anointed enough to break a yoke. Because there are people who, under the anointing, when they sing, 
you know, the, the anointing of God because he favors himself. God's anointing falls. People get healed, delivered. Uh, demons are cast out. And I have yet to see that happen with our worldly son that's been converted to a, a so-called a son of worship. Well, here's another thing. Justin Bieber, you know, in recent years, you know, you, we've, and we've talked about him, about uh, becoming increasingly open about his Christian faith. And just within the last mm, two, three weeks ago, he um, took a really bold step, and he was leading a congregation in worship. So he was spotted singing out his praises to God at church home in Beverly Hills, part of a network of congregations launched by Seattle megachurch leader and Bieber's personal pastor, Judah Smith. And then um, during his singing, he says, I never would have made it without you. He was speaking to Judah Smith, his pastor. Now I see that you were there. He's singing to the pastor? No, wait. He, the, let me read this part of a network of congregations launched by Seattle megachurch leader and Bieber's personal pastor, Judah Smith. I would never have made it without you, the single singer roared during the set. Now I see that you were there for me. I think he means the Lord. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so TMZ obtained a video, and uh, the pastor could be seen taken, taking to the stage to commend Bieber in his gift of leading worship. He says that he met uh, Justin Bieber when he was like eight or something in Toronto, and he's always been a worshiper, and it's a lot about who he is. And um, so at that point, Justin himself starts talking to the congregation, insisting that his appearance on stage was not a show. I want, I, I, I've kind of not done this because I, felt like I didn't want to make it seem like, I don't know, Judy, you know what I'm trying to say. I just didn't want people to think like this was a show he was trying to explain. In an Instagram post featuring footage of the star's debut worship leading appearance, Bieber wrote that God was seeing him through a difficult season of life at the moment. Saying at church last night, God is pulling me through a hard season, trusting Having trust in Jesus at your worst times is the absolute hardest, but he is faithful to complete what he started. While he didn't specify exactly what, he was, going on, what was going on in his life, Bieber did thank those closest to him for all the support and urged others who are struggling to look to God for hope. I don't want to thank my, I also want to thank my wife for being such a huge support in my life through this season, he wrote. It says in the Bible, count it all joy when you face trials in various kinds. Sounds insane, considering when you face trials, you feel terrible. But if we are grateful and worship God for what, you, what we do have in that season, there is so much power in that. Whatever pain you are going through, just keep telling yourself, this won't last. So his whole message the other day was, there's power in your weakness. When you step out, when you're feeling weak, there's power in weakness. When you fight through that season, usually you get to the other side and it gets better. So, that's interesting. You know, it's, it's almost like, and, and we are, we're seeing Justin Bieber grow up before our eyes and, yeah. and evolve. I hope so. I hope it's, um, you know, I, I, I do it because it's giving God the glory. I, I, 
decided to embrace himself and get in touch with the fact that people are going to think that. And he's going to have to put people out of his mind because you're not here to please people. You're here to give God the glory. Because people are going to think what they, go, what they want to think. And that's going to be one of the things they're going to do. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Zephaniah 3 and 17. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Now ain't God all right. God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was name six things that the Lord hates. And that answer can be found in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 20, which reads, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. This week's food for thought is the mountain skipped, like what? And the little hills, like what? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.